ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. He's Jalen Rose. I'm David Jacoby. We are Jalen and Jacoby. What is it that we do? We get a people! What they want. Jalen, you, Jimmy, and Ray were in the building watching the Wolverines take on the Wildcats and... What happened, Jalen? What happened? So when you're an 11th seed, you got to play almost flawless if you're going to continue to advance in the NCAA tournament. That's just how it works. And the thing that stands out to me besides the fact that I'm showing up at work sad today and I lost my voice, too many missed layups, Yep. too many missed free throws, and too many missed assignments at inopportune times. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that cost us the basketball game, Jacoby. I want to make sure I pay homage to Jay Wright yep. and his basketball team. They played timely. They played tough. They did all that they could do in order to advance. But man, Jacoby, the missed layups, the missed free throws, jeez. Oh. It was they the layups, were heartbreaking. Man. They the truth really is, were, but I want to applaud this team as I went into the locker room and I thanked them because they did overcome some turbulence. Frankie Collins did have to step in for DJ and play quality minutes. Hunter did return and play really well in the post for us all season. Big Moose did a terrific job of working really hard, earning a starting spot and developing. And thank you to Eli Brooks for the years, the time, the energy, the leadership, the shot making that he put in for the Michigan Wolverines. There's so many things for me to be proud of with this team, but I can't lie. This ain't a signature Villanova team. And I'm sitting back watching us play. I'm like, man, if we can make a play here, make a play there, knock down a three or two, we have a legitimate chance to win this game. Unfortunately, even though I got a chance to catch up with Jimmy King and Ray Jackson, my brothers, and see Jawan and Howard Isley and, and the team afterwards, it did hurt knowing that we had a golden opportunity slip through our fingers. You said it right at the very top. When you're the 11th seed, when you're the underdog, you have to play above your normal standard. And yesterday, watching the Michigan team, which I've been watching a lot of all this season long, I would say that wasn't even like an average game for them. That was kind of a below average game for them, yet they were in it all the way until the end. But they did show the fight. They showed the effort. And I'm really, really happy that you got to be there. I know it was great to see Jawan. What did Jawan have to say after the game? Well, Jawan is like, um, he's a terrific leader for the program. And while he knows that that was a a game that if we would have played to our best and our capabilities, we would have won. He was still proud of his team, how they show effort. Because the one thing about struggling, Jacoby, when I say miss layups, when I say miss free throws, that goes both ways. That can snowball into a team playing so very badly that they end up getting blown out. 
that can lead to a frustration that also leads to a team that becomes fractured. Like the team continued to play hard. The mm -hmm. team continued to play with effort. The team continued to play with discipline. But it's deflating. You notice, Jacoby, somebody make a good move and miss a layup. I believe we missed maybe 12 or 13 layups or dunks or shots in a restricted area. Yeah. It's really tough to advance to the Elite Eight when you're missing that many bunnies. Well, we had, it was a great season for Michigan. We had to deal with some COVID issues early in the year. And obviously what happened with Coach Howard and the injuries that they had to deal with, it was a, it was a very, very good Michigan season. I said getting to the Sweet 16 is a success for this team. Now, Mr. Rose, um, I was so emotionally and financially invested in Michigan that it was so hard to see them lose. However, once they did lose, I turned all my attention to the Houston Cougars. This is my team moving forward in the tournament. They took on the number one seed Arizona Wildcats. Mm. And what'd they do, Mr. Rose? What'd they do, Mr. Rose? Put them on wax! <laughs> Jeez. She, Edwards, and I yep. can't lie. The enthusiasm you have for the Houston Cougars and Calvin Sampson and his team, Ray Jackson had it too. And mm. when Michigan lost and all of us were drowning in our sorrows and waiting on the team to get ready to get on the bus so we can tuck our tails between our legs and respect the game and leave the arena, Ray Jackson was like, me and my son about to go watch Houston because I'm taking them <laughs> to cut down the nets. Now that Michigan <laughs> lost. And he literally stayed to watch the game. He was like, they're about to beat Arizona. Now, Arizona benefited in their previous game from a call late versus TCU. But uh, I want to give Houston a lot of credit, and I want to give you a lot of credit for the pick. They play great defense. They play hard. Shed is just such a great leader. Edwards knocked down some key shots. They've got sort of a good team that you need for the tournament. They've got... Um, senior leadership at the point guard position, athletes at the wing and more, and they've got a couple bigs that can match up against any other bigs in the tournament. I can't wait to watch them moving forward. And then the, the big headline coming out of yesterday was this. It looked like it was going to be Coach K's last day. It looked like last night was going to be the last time that Coach K ever stood on the sidelines for the Duke Blue Devils, but they came from behind and got hot late and beat the Texas Tech Raiders. And Coach Kate did a terrific job of keeping this squad engaged. I mean, Williams had a big block, mm -hmm. and they played with effort. They're a talented bunch. And when you lose in the ACC tournament the way they did, and Coach K has to go to the podium and basically apologize for his team not playing very well in this farewell game, and it becomes memes, and it becomes a trending topic, and they get clowned for being the squad that doesn't carry the legacy properly of Coach K. There becomes a sense of pride, and I appreciate how they stepped up and found a way to advance. And then there was another number one team in action yesterday. They've got Chet Holmgren, one of the best players, projected to go in the top three, top four in the NBA draft. They've got Drew Timmy, a vet who can score in the post at will. They've got all this pedigree. They've got the number one seed going into the tournament, and they got beat by Arkansas pretty easily, Mr. Rose. I was surprised by this. Were you? The final game I played in college was against Nolan Richardson, 40 minutes of hell in Arkansas. Mm -hmm. And I got a lot of respect for the history of that program. But I will tell you something, before the game when we lost, Bill Clinton was the president. And I'll never forget, he came into our locker room while they were out there warming up. 
and we were so excited to meet the president and do all of that. By the time we did the long run out to the court, I'll never forget looking up and like, wait a minute, the game about to start. They got you. you know he saying? got you. Like you they got Arkansas, us. right? He got you. Like they got. <laughs> they sent the president in to delay you guys from coming out the locker room. <laughs> Salute to Bill Clinton. You know he did that on purpose. He's like, guys, guys, one more thing, one more thing. I just want to tell you how important it is what you've done for society. Oh yeah, one more, one, one more thing. Bill Clinton is the reason that Jalen Rose never got a championship in the NCAA, NCAA tournament. Well, I don't Shout think they needed Scotty Bill Thurman, Clinton's help. Carlos they didn't need Williams, Bill Clinton's help to beat Gonzaga. And watching Chet Holmgren yesterday was kind of like watching Jabari Smith. These sort of high draft prospects, number one picks potentially, not play well in their final game in a college uniform. I'm not going to ask if that's going to hurt his draft stock because he's got all the things you need except for a little muscle to play in the NBA and be successful. But what do you expect from him at the next level? I got to say this before I talk about my guy, Big Chet. I got to talk about his front court mate with the mop hair and the handlebar mustache that reminds me of my brother David Jacoby. I got a shout to my guy Drew Timmy. But in all honesty, Chet Holmgren is a, is a terrific prospect, a seven footer that can dribble, pass, and shoot, as you mentioned, needs to get a lot stronger. But I want to give Arkansas a lot of credit. They mm -hmm. were physical with him and them up front. They did a terrific job of limiting that squad, and they knocked off the number one seed. I want to give them a lot of credit. Yep, Chet Holmgren was in foul trouble. He goes after a lot of shot blocks. It didn't work out for him yesterday. Didn't work out for the Wolverines right yesterday. But I am now 100% in on the Houston Cougars. They will take down the Nets. They will be your <laughs> national champions, and I'm going to make a lot of money off of it, too. Jalen. The Grizzlies just keep on winning without Ja Morant. It was no different yesterday against the Pacers. This team is so good, they don't even need their best player. They're 16-2 without him. We'll discuss that much more right after this. You're watching Jalen and Jacoby. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks... Predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for watching Jalen and Jacoby on television, but don't forget, subscribe, follow the podcast. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, we do podcast-exclusive content every single day on Jalen and Jacoby. Coming to you live from the Seaport, New York City, and brought to you by Chase. Welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby. Jalen Rose, we were all focused on the NCAA tournament last night, but there were some very significant things that happened in the NBA. Most significantly, Chris Paul returned to the Suns. 
Devin Booker had 49 points, and they got a win. They are now clinched the number one seed in the Western Conference, the best record in the NBA. They will have home court advantage in any series that they play in the playoffs. The return of Chris Paul is significant. What does it mean to you in the Western Conference? For anybody that's followed the NBA this year, I don't care if you're a retired player. I don't care if you work in the media. I don't care if you're a fan or currently in the league. I want to make sure I say this sentence and everybody know that it's legitimate. The Phoenix Suns are the best team in basketball. Let me repeat, the Phoenix Suns are the best team in basketball. When you make it to the finals, the way they did last year, Jacoby, in each round, the other team dealt with an injury. It gave people a little side eye. Yep. Look at how the Phoenix Suns advanced. And anybody that want to dismiss their greatness, that gave them a window to do so. In particular, when they lost to the Bucks. Last night was a perfect example, and it highlights what I'm saying. Here's why. When CP3 was out, Devin Booker was economic. He wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to take 35 shots now that CP3 is out. He still played within the offense, played within the team structure. You see Cameron Payne have double assist games. You see DeAndre Aiden have season, aha, season highs. Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, all of these players have their moments. CP3 comes back, takes the leadership, the ball handling, the responsibilities away from D-Book where he could just get buckets. And you and saw did. that play out yesterday. Yep. Not, this is a on the road in Denver versus a playoff team that has the reigning MVP on it, by the way. And so the feed, look at this. CP3 Easy. out there. He out there like it on like his Bushwick Bill with his mind playing tricks on him. You see that? Do 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 behind the back in the lane. And so again, I respect a healthy Golden State Warriors team. You can't dismiss the Splash Brothers and Draymond no. Green and the the um, emergence of Kaminga and the potential of their roster. But the Phoenix Suns are tier one alone in the Western look at, Conference. Look at the standings. That's, why That's how I feel the about these teams. That's how I feel about the teams. There's the Phoenix Suns and there's a huge gap in everybody else. And it plays itself out in the standings. I would say the Phoenix Suns have been the best team in basketball from day one to now. However, remember they stumbled out of the gate? They started out like two and three or two and four or whatever. Ever since then, they, in my mind, have not just been the best team in the Western Conference, but the best team in basketball. Right now, they are my title favorites. That's mainly has to do with the fact that I believe they have less to deal with in their conference to get to the finals than someone in the Eastern Conference. But I would not be shocked if it was Chris Paul holding up the Larry O'Brien Trophy at the end of the playoffs. A lot of time before we get to that. Right now, we have to get to the Eastern Conference. A sneaky, significant game between the current seven and six seed in the conference. That is the Raptors and the Cavs. The Cavs have been in somewhat of a free fall of late, and the Raptors took advantage yesterday. Siakam with 35. What did you think about the Raptors yesterday? Siakam's finding his game. Mm -hmm. He was right. a little rocky to start the season, and so were the Raptors in a lot of ways. Shout out to Fred Van Vliet, who made the All-Star team this year, and Masai Ujiri that continues to add to that team and get players to play beyond expectation to the casual NBA fan. 
And Scotty Barnes has just been terrific. Oh, yeah. But I'll say this, Jacoby. When you say the seventh seed and the sixth seed and, and, and the Cavs and the Raptors going back and forth, it makes me want to highlight that the Cleveland Cavs, in particular, losing Jared Allen, they start to come back to the pack. Yep. And as you see those standings, we talk about the Nets and Kyrie Irving being able to now be a full-time player. And they got waxed in Memphis without John Morant. But however, it's not a foregone conclusion that they're going to stay where they are. They have a chance to still climb in the standings and up in the apple cart as it relates to the top part of the Easter Conference. And as you mentioned, it's going to be a gauntlet in the East. It is. Like, it, it, it was the West for a while, but the West just has so many injuries. Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Jamal, Jamal Murray. Murray. But this Eastern Conference is going to be a special race to see if you who pull wins up, it. If you pull up those standings again, you can take a look at something interesting because the Nets are now the eighth seed, right? But there's a three-game gap between them and the Cavs and the Raptors. So it's going to be pretty much impossible for them to get to the sixth seed with the amount of games that they have left. So they are going to end up in a one-game playoff. I don't think they lose two playing games. But if you look at the other end, the Heat, the Bucks, the Sixers, and the Celtics, one of those four teams is going to play the Nets in the first round most likely. And that is going to be a very interesting series. An extremely interesting first round series. I would say the most talent in a first round series that I've seen in my entire lifetime. I can't wait for that. However, let's go back to the Western Conference because Mr. Rose, we joke sometimes that maybe the Grizzlies are better without John Morant, but they're 16 and two without their best player. <laughs> like without their best player, uh, I would say like a, a fringe MVP consideration John Morant, but it's Desmond Bain, it's Melton, it's Jaron Jackson. They just keep winning games. First off, you heard the Wu-Tang say it. Killer bees on the swarm. And that's what I see when I see, that's what I say when I see Bane and Brooks out there being aggressive offensively, tough defensively, fighting through screens. And you mentioned Melton. Great to see Jaron Jackson Jr. also play well. He deserves huge consideration for Defensive Player of the Year. The award isn't just about blocks, even though he leads mm -hmm. the league. He has the ability to guard multiple positions, switch out, and make life difficult for the opponent. And again, here's what I want to teach everybody about the Memphis Grizzlies. Let's go below the box score below for the box a second. Score. So many times, right, everybody look at points, rebounds, and assists. But let me take you guys deep, deep, deeper than Atlantis of why the Memphis Grizzlies and Taylor Jenkins are actually such a good team. They've led the league the last two seasons, not just this year, last year too. Fast break points, points in the paint, mm. second chance points. Mm. Those three categories below the box score effort, intensity, intangibles. And that's why they're able to still win when Ja doesn't play because that becomes the core of who your team is. And like I've said, they have a superstar in Ja that casuals will make sure that they highlight and give the credit to and rightfully so because he's so very dynamic. But remember, when you watch him, he got the team's colors in his hair. Remember that. 
He got the team's colors in his hair. He's invested. And so now the other guy's like, jaws out. It's my time to shine, yep. baby. And that's what they're doing. It's been great to watch them become a number two seed in the West. And I think that a lot of people overlooked the return of Dylan Brooks. They didn't have Dylan Brooks, one of their best players, all season long, even though they were making that run to the two spot in the Western Conference, and he is back. But you know who else is back who's also overlooked, Mr. Rose? The eighth grader, Lance Stevenson. He's on the Pacers Lance now. And he dance. played last Lance night. He played 22 minutes Lance and 44 seconds. And in those 22 minutes and 44 seconds, 25 points. 25 points <laughs> in just under 23 minutes. Lance making him dance. Oh, look at a step back. Jalen. <laughs> I mean, should he be considered as one of the MVP you know, candidates? I don't think he's going to win the award, All but like you I get a vote. Do for people like yourself that represent the tri-state and the East Coast to the fullest, you go ahead and cook about your guy Lance. I'll just fall I don't back. Think, I don't think he's going. I don't think he's going to win the MVP and this year. Lance is an MVP candidate. He's not going to win the MVP this year, but I think that he's getting his feet underneath him. He's, getting, he's understanding his teammates. He's getting a, sh a chance to show <laughs> what he can do. And next year is the year that he tears the top off the league and becomes an MVP candidate. I can't wait to see that, and I can't wait till this very short break is over because we have so much more to discuss. We got some college games to get you ready for tonight. Stay tuned. You're watching, Jalen. We got go. you, Lance. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. That's it, come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. NCAA Sweet 16 and women's brackets continue. Look at this lineup of games. They are all tonight on ESPN and ESPN2. Welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby. Jalen, every single day we're going to acknowledge that Brittany Griner is still being detained in Russia. This is now day 36. When do you think we can finally see her come home? It's just really head-scratching to me that... So, you go through an airport and you have some contraband and you're in another country and you get detained. I understand that. But for 90 days... Like, it's been 36 days. They acknowledge that she may not get released until May. Like, I, I just really don't understand why this isn't getting more coverage. So I just want to send well wishes and prayers to her and her family and her teammates. And we're going to make sure we continue to highlight that situation every day on Jalen and Jacoby. Just across the river here is Jersey City, New Jersey, the home of St. Peter's Peacocks. Tonight, they take on the Purdue Boilermakers. The Boilermakers have a lot of firepower, starting with that man, Mr. Ivy. Can St. Pete's make it tough on the Boilermakers? I don't believe so. St. Pete's has been a great story, but the guy right there you just saw, Ivy, you know I watched him all season in the Big Ten, and a lot of people saw it do us behind the back and do his and one type of play in the transition. But he's going to be a lottery pick, Jacoby, and I believe mm -hmm. he's going to be the difference in that game. 
And they've got some bigs, too. Edie is the biggest of all the bigs, and he is a handful down low. Good luck, St. Pete's. We'll be watching the games, and we'll be back on Monday on ESPN2. Thank you. Thank you. You are far too kind.